This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com. This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com. A Gorilla Podcast Syndicate Production. Biggest thing we can do is just get stopped and run. Stopped and run, guys. Push, push, push every time. Extra, extra, extra session with Kiko Malikdev tackles everything about the world of sports, especially the one close to the host heart, basketball. Updates, discussion, clarification, name it, extra session has it. Extra, extra, extra session with Kiko Malikdev. Okay, good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Extra Session with Kiko Malikdem here in Guerrilla Podcast Philippines. Today is episode 9, or episode 10, I'm sorry, and we are very lucky to have with us one of the explosive reinforcements to play in the PBA during the 1990s, an offensive juggernaut. He made sure that his team will not wither by supplying tons of points when it needed the most. Ladies and gentlemen, former San Miguel Beerman and former Shell import, Mr. John Bess. What's up? Greetings, greetings, everybody in the Philippines, everybody in Manila, Makati, and Green Hills, Cebu, Palawan. I miss all of y'all. My favorite country in the world. I still tell people this to, to this day that the Philippines is my favorite country, the people outstanding, and I still keep in touch with some people, they still hit me up, but it's, I'm, I'm honored to be here to talk to you today. That's good, sir. Good day. So it's been a while since the Philippines heard from you. What's keeping you busy nowadays? Well, since I, I stopped playing basketball in 2007, mm-hmm. and when I, came, when I came back to Memphis, I wanted to do some work in the school system to be around children, right? Yeah. So I've been around the world from 1993 to 2007, and I wanted to come back and work with children. So I became a, a police officer in the school system. Oh. So I was a police officer of school security um, for about five to six years. And then I became a videographer. I did a lot of editing, shot a lot of videos for uh, the school district. And then now, I'm the general manager of a radio station and TV station here in Memphis for the school system. So I've been very busy since I left the Philippines, but I took a lot of the experiences that I picked up in the Philippines and I'm applying them to uh, my life here now. So, uh, but basically you've stopped playing ball. I mean, you've, you've not, yes. you've not, I mean, uh, associated yourself with any basketball activities. 
No, because you all know in the Philippines, I gave it 110%. Every night I was on the floor. And so after I stopped, I mean, nothing was wrong. I mean, my body is good. Mm -hmm. It's just I put a pounding on my body from, like I said, two, from, uh, night, from let's see, 1993 to 2007. Mm -hmm. I never took time off, and it was, you know, go hard. So now I'm like, when I play basketball again, it's like it's leisurely. You know, <laughs> I don't know about leisurely because I'm a fierce competitor. Yeah. And, you know, I still, like I tell my son, I can still take you no matter what. <laughs> That's good. Now, um, you last played for the PBA, correct me if I'm wrong, around 2000 for Formula Shell Zoom. Yep. Uh, yep. What happened next to you? Where did you play after that? I think after I went to Shell is when I went to Germany. I went to Germany. And uh, when I was in Germany, you know, I, I, I was very well um, in the, the Bundesliga over there. Mm -hmm. So I played for a team called Leverkusen. And then I played for Alba Berlin. And uh, Germany was totally different from the Philippines. I'm going to tell you that right now. But much love to my German fans. But um, it, it, I just I just pretty much stayed back in Europe when I left the Philippines. As you can see on the picture, uh, I mean, it, it was, you know, memories. <laughs> memories. Yeah. Is that, is that mobile, mobile Line? Yes. Yeah, it's Alvin Tang. Actually, he Alvin Tang, man, we had plenty battles, man. Yeah, he has actually a son right now playing the PBA. So, wow! <laughs> so, wow! Yeah. Know, Those were the days. <laughs> yes, and of course, you know, a lot of well, a lot of uh, PBA players or PBA fans were looking forward to seeing you again. Now, um, what was there any any chance? That you were, you, that any team tried to bring you back to the league after the 2000 season. Well, after the 2000 season, you know, I I posted up in uh, Germany. Like I said, one team I played one year, and they signed me back for two more years. So I was locked over there for three years, oh. and then I went to the top team. So my it was like, nah, I gotta stay here. Because the Philippines was, listen, listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, and I want you to make sure all of the Filipino people and fans know mm -hmm. that was my best years ever playing basketball because what it did for scorers like me, if you play in the Philippines, you can play anywhere in the world. But if you come to the Philippines and you don't, you know, capitalize on scoring ability, I've I seen a lot of people come and go, but i also seen people that did well in the Philippines, they're able to go to other places and play well. So the Philippines made me who I was, and that's where I started shooting a three-pointer was when I came to the Philippines. Oh, yeah. After I left the Philippines, that, I was shooting three-pointers for days, but before, <laughs> I never shot three-pointers. So thanks to the Philippines. Yes, and, uh, you know, I've seen you play since uh, I'm near the 40s. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but for the benefit of the younger generation, how can you describe yourself as a player? I would say I'm, I was a beast. You know, the referees, all of the referees, you know, and I, and I, I think one of the referees uh, had passed, I saw a couple years ago from when I was there. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to give the Filipino fans, you know, 
excitement. I didn't want to be a quiet, boring player. I mean, that wasn't my style. You were, if I was yeah. arguing with other teams and arguing at other coaches, yeah. you know, even the PBA commissioner, I think we had some time, may he rest in peace, but I, we had some words a couple of times because I wanted to show my teammates from Shell to San Miguel, San Miguel mm -hmm. that I wasn't a pushover. I was real skinny in those pitches, yeah. but I had the heart of a lion. So I tell all young players, don't look at the size of the next person. If you got it in your heart, that nobody's going to stop me and I'm going to practice so I can be the best that I can be, you'll always be successful. Just don't listen, young players, don't listen to what other people is telling you. If they say you can't do it, if you practice every day, you stay ready. Mm, I see. Now, based on research, your professional career spanned for 14 years. Now, right. what was the moment that made you realize, nah, it's time to hang my shoes? Well, it really wasn't... I, I just, I had 2007, I had some, you know, some family issues that I, I want, I needed to stay in the States at the time. And I thought about, I said, man, maybe it's time. But then it just was like, nah, you, you put in 14 hard years, you know, and it was time to do something else. But at that time, I thought basketball was, every, you know, was everything, but also young players, basketball would take you up to a point in your life that life will continue. You may not be able to shoot that jump shot or slam dunk that ball, but you got years left of your life. So use basketball to your best ability to get you what you think you need. But once the knees start hurting or your back start hurting, you can't make that same jump shot. You got to always have something to fall back on. So make sure you're studying in college and high school and doing all that because once that ball stops bouncing, you need to have something to fall back on. Yes. And uh, speaking of the PBA, when you first you first played in San Miguel, uh, with San Miguel, I mean, how were you able to bring your talents to the BA, PBA? Was there someone who recruited you or asked you to try out for this team? Right. It, uh, it was Bobby Rios. He's, oh, yeah. uh, he, that was the man. I was I was in Puerto Rico and the team was losing and you know they was acting funny about the money and bobby was like hey you want to go to the philippines and i'm like oh okay and they put me on a first class fight and i, I was like wow norman black i must i must give him credit i'm really i'm gonna stop here because norman told me the very first day if you do well and you keep your nose clean you can have a long time in the philippines and he told me, play your game. And that was it. So if Norman Black didn't tell me those words, could I had a different uh, career in the Philippines. I see. And, uh, you know, uh, what was your – what was the memory that struck you the most when you, when you played in the PBA? What was the best memory that you had? The best memory was – winning that championship 1998 with, with yeah because coach perry and man salute to coach perry as well yes i learned i learned how to be a man when i left the philippines with some leadership qualities that i learned from coach perry mm -hmm. his mom had passed during our championship you know during that time and watching him personally go through what he went through but he still coached Benji, 
you know, me, Donald Williams, Chris Jackson, uh, Jerry Esplan. I mean, all of us, I mean, he had us as a focused group. So winning that championship was more than just, yeah, we won the championship. It was like, yo, I learned some leadership qualities that I can take with me when I'm done with basketball. So learning a lot from Coach Perry and also the whole staff, it was just it, when they say uh, it takes a team, you know, you know, it it really took everybody, the assistant coaches, the ball boys, the drivers. We all was a focused unit. And I loved that. That was the most important time of my life. Yes, you had battles, as you said. You had battles with the best from the PBA, such as Alvin Patrimonio, Jojo yes. Mosa, then uh, Ronnie Magsanok, and of course you have uh, your teammates with Benji Paras. How was that experience? That experience, it let me know that, you know, some Filipino players that they, they weren't no punks. You know, they were serious. They, they had heart. It was like, I don't care you, John Best. Yo, I'm Benji Paras. You know, I'm Alvin Patrimonial. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all of these players. And it was like, I love to see the competitive, competitiveness in the Filipino players. And that's the one thing that I always remember. Because people used to say, well, John, you go in the Philippines, all of those players are shorter than you, this, that. I said, not all of them are short, but some of the shortest players in the Philippines can come over to America and Europe they have more heart than a lot of those players that think they're number one or top players. So it was the heart of the Filipino players that I respected the most because, man, it was some of them, some of them San Miguel Beerman, man, that I think it was his number was 25. I forgot his name, but he was, he gave me the most, I'm talking about he would hit me on my side. I mean, he did everything, but it was, it was competitiveness every game in the Philippines. Yes. And, like what you said, uh, the smallest player. I believe you played along with, uh, I mean, against Johnny Barrientos yeah, during that time. And he was considered one of the best Filipino prospects to, you know, uh, that has a chance to play in the NBA before. Right. And he was at Alaska? Yes. Yes. <laughs> See, I remember. I remember. I remember. You Good. Sean Chambers and those guys over there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had, a, uh, I mean, I was able to talk to Sean Chambers probably three episodes ago. Yeah. Okay, okay. And he has good memories of, you know, the Philippine basketball also. And it's, yes. you know, it, speaking of Coach Perry, I, I believe he's in the United States right now. He, he has migrated already there. Mm -hmm. And uh, now, who do you consider your biggest adversary in the PBA? In a good, good way, okay. <laughs> the referee, not always. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that that thing, you know, when you were fouled. I believe, uh, if my memory serves me right, you were fouled on a three point area, but the referee says, "No, you go to the sideline. It's just a sideline inbound." You were very angry at the time, you know. <laughs> I was very emotional, but yeah. no, nah, the the referees, I loved it. You know, it was all entertainment. I was very, I was, I'm an emotional player. You know, yeah. that's what I picked up from the Philippines because in the back of my mind, if I didn't score 30 points, I'm going home. And it was Sammy Gale's defense. I, I'm telling you, if I can remember that player's name, I, th I think he was number 25. 25. But he, he gave me the, – the defenses that Sammy Gale played on me was the toughest. So I, I, it would be the whole San Miguel team because since I played for him, they knew how it was. But when I always played against San Miguel, it was just like I saw some of the craziest defenses 
that I ever faced in my life. And uh, I think was it Ron Jacobs was uh, used to work Ron with Jacobs, them? yes, the late yeah. great Ron Jacobs. Yeah, the late great Ron Jacobs. So he, I think he told them, you know, my weaknesses or something. And uh, <laughs> San Miguel, they, I, I love the competition with San Miguel. Yeah, and of course, um, was there a PBA player, particular PBA player, that made you say? Wow, 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 when you saw him play. Man, it, it was a couple. I forgot, it. was it um, the green team? What was it, the green team where they had two Lucia. tall players? Santa, Santa Lucia. Lucia? Yeah. What, what was the tall center's name? Uh, if I'm not Back mistaken, uh, we have, there's also in Hinebra, Marlu Aquino, Zandro Limpot. Uh, Limpot. Dennis, then put yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I like I liked his game. Uh, yeah. He was I, it was something about him. He seemed real smooth. I never seen him hanging out at night. He seemed like he was a good, you know, a good <laughs> good kid. Yeah. And um, was it a guy named Tang? Was it a, a Filipino American that came over? Mm -hmm. Had the, he had blonde hair back then. Uh -huh. um, I forgot his name, but it was it was he he was an he was a Filipino American. Real big guy. I think he played for San Miguel too. He 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 caught my eye, especially Chris Jackson. Oh ben yeah. Lee. So I, had, I Chris Chris made me tough every day because he was strong as hell. Excuse me, but he was very strong. <laughs> and when he would put that arm on, I'm like, man, how does this man this strong? So yeah, I, I, Benji Paras, you know, there was so much in uh, Alan Kydick. The oh, way he yeah. shot the ball, that was that was just outstanding. Yes. And until now, Alan K. Dick, and I mean, no one can replace Alan K. Dick in the national team because of his sharp shooting skill. Right. Is he coaching? What is he doing now? Uh, he, I believe he's a manager right now, but he was part of a coaching staff. Uh, last time around, he was part of a coaching staff in, a college, in La Salle, in okay. uh, one of the co top college uh, universities. In the UAE. Okay. Now, um, in your own perspective, what was the difference of how the games were played before and now? And of course, the type of players. I mean, you were tougher back then. You you were tough, you know. You had to be tough. I don't care, you know, who you were. You come to the Philippines, you had to be mentally tough because of the nightlife and because of, you know, so many things, distractions. But then you had to be strong where when you got on the floor, you couldn't score 10 points and stay in the Philippines. I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> in my mind, I had to score 28 points or more yes. while I was going home. And that goes back to Norm. I think Norman planted that seed in my head. Norman Black said, John, you got to get 30 or they sending you home tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, and the food is good over here in the Philippines. I said, no, I got, I got to go hard. <laughs> but now... I don't think the game is as physical. It's mm -hmm. more finesse right now. I think a lot of the guys do not have the same physicality to deal with some of the players that mm -hmm. I, I played against in the Philippines now. They're very – it's kind of soft right now. I mean, I don't, don't want to say that the NBA is soft. Yes. It's not tough. I don't see a lot of tough guys, like, you know, somebody that's really, really tough. I see a mm -hmm. lot of finesse now. But back then, in the 90s, every night, I'm talking about I was dripping sweat and 
drink six Gatorades after every game, had the massages, you know, the, and after the game right there in the gym. It was it was strong back then. Uh, uh, you were saying earlier about the number 25 of San Miguel Beer. He was actually considered as one of the best defensive player, along with Chris Jackson. That's Freddie Abuda. Yes, that's it. That's <laughs> yes. But yo, Freddie Abuda, salute to you, man. Thank you for making me a tough player because every time I saw him, I was like, man, it's gonna be a dog fight. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of number twenty-five in college and in the PBA, you wore jersey number twenty-five. What yes. was the story behind that number? Well, I just looked at it as two plus five is seven, and something <laughs> about the number seven, you know, just yeah. was godly to me. Uh, just 25 was just, you know, my number in college, and it just stuck with me, you know. So mm -hmm. when I played in, in, um, in one of my teams, I was number three, and that was, I said, five minus two is three. Then I was, you know, uh, uh, I was I was 25 or 15 most of my life, but that 25 in the Philippines was very special. I see. Now, um, well, actually, we have a friend, you know, uh, Coach Chris De La Cruz of Press One. Uh, uh -huh. He actually, when I, I told him that I'll be talking to to John Best, wow, he said the John Best of the of Formula Show. Yeah, he, he actually said. Can you can you ask these questions? So okay. basically, I'm asking the question. And um, uh, the three best characteristics of Coach Perry Ronquilli, in your own perspective. Oh, okay. Fierce, mm -hmm. relentless, and hmm, that's a good one. Hold on, let me see. Oh, <laughs> uh, and cool. Because he always kept cool, even when I was very upset in the game. Mm. JB, 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 <laughs> we need you, you know. And I'm like, Coach, man, but they fouling the hell and they're killing me and they hit me. Um, yeah, we got this, you know. So he was relentless and at the fact that he wanted to win, you know, and he did whatever it took for us to win. And that was just I mean, come on, man. You want a coach that will do anything to win. And he was fierce because when he wanted something to happen, he drew it up, and we better make sure we do what he said do because he knew what we needed. He knew what we didn't know, and he drew up those plays. And all of us, I don't care the star power that we had on the team, we all got in line for Coach Perry because we drank the Kool-Aid that he was drinking. We, he, we drank the Gatorade that he made. And we all was on the same page. So those are my three quality characteristics. And how was the first stint in San Miguel different from your stint in uh, Formula Shell? At San Miguel, it was more pressure, right? Mm -hmm. It was more pressure because I, I was that was my first time in the Philippines. So I had growing pains, but I was getting fed from Norman Black. Mm -hmm. And I was getting wisdom from Alan Kaidik because he was my uh, teammate at the time. Mm -hmm. And he was like, John, you could be a good player here. You know, you know, they were both telling me how they prepared me for when I came back to Shell. So when I came back, mm -hmm. I had Alan in one ear, Norman in another ear. So now I'm ready. So I can come in and give it 100%. 
when I played for San Miguel, Norman Black was very straight up. John, if you don't score 30, you going home. <laughs> that scared me. <laughs> I played harder because of that. But uh, San Miguel prepared me for my career in the Philippines, and I'll never forget that. Okay. And uh, what was your biggest disappointment playing in the PBA? It was <laughs> we was getting ready. We we could have won. We could have. It was against San Miguel. If we would have won that game, we would have went to another championship. I believe it was a playoff game, but they had our number, and it was like losing. And then it was a big bonus. We were supposed to get triple bonus if we won. And <laughs> I mean, I I was so sad after that. I was like, man. But you know, it, it, it was a playoff game, and I think it was against San Miguel or Pure Foods. I, I forgot. Mm -hmm. But it was it was it was hard. It was a tough loss for us and for me personally. Now, um, who was your? We'll go back to the San Miguel team. Who was your favorite teammate in San Miguel? Well, in San Miguel in 1995, and of course in Shell. Who was your favorite? At, at, at San Miguel, it was Allen because he. I think he had a restaurant at the time, or mm -hmm. it was at uh, was it a Shang near Shangri La Mall? I think some mm -hmm. restaurant that we used to go to and just listening to him and watching him, you know, daily, how he shot the ball so well, you know? <laughs> and it was like, I was a fan of him, but I was his teammate, but I was still a fan. Yeah. <laughs> so that Allen, I would say Allen was the one for San Miguel and um, Chris Jackson. I mean, I, I, I got to also shout him out because he kind of schooled me on being a black man in the Philippines. And it was like, you, it's like you're like Filipino brother, like you're the brother. He said the original Filipinos were uh, dark skinned, and he he would tell me history about the Philippines. And I appreciated him for that because we went to go eat all the time, and he just schooled me on Filipino culture, and you know he he helped me to he helped me to maneuver through the Philippines, and also practicing against him every single day. I mean, that's the hardest thing I think. I wouldn't wish that on nobody. He played hard. He, I'm like, Chris, it's practice. But he kept preparing me. So when it was a game, it was easy. Were, were you able to talk recently or in the past? Yes, me, uh, Chris and I, we, we, we'd stay in touch through um, Facebook. And I was in San Francisco last year, and I saw Coach Perry. Um, uh, we went and had, we had uh, lunch at, uh, in Chinatown. So that, that conversation was awesome, you know, because yeah. when I came out there, I told him I was coming, and it was just a good good look, man, you know, because he's somebody who I really, really look up to. He's like uh, a second father. He, he's one of the only ones that I can say is like a second father to me. Will there be, you know, any any travel travel uh, plans for you to go I want to come back to the Philippines. I want to come back. I want to come back. Whoever, look, we got to talk to San Miguel, Shell. <laughs> you know, I want to come back because I want to come back without being, you know, like not coming to play basketball. I would come talk to some schools or talk to some universities, talk whoever, but I would love to come back to the Philippines, man. I mean, that's that's a dream of mine. I got I to gotta come back, but I don't want to come back with the pressure of, John, you got to score 30 points before you go home. <laughs> You know, it's like I want to come eat the beautiful food. Was it pancit? I, I missed the pancit. Yeah, that was some of the best food in all of the restaurants and the people 
And when I went to this beach in Palawan, I forgot where the, the name of the beach though. I came back and I saw here two years ago, they said two of the top 10 beaches in the world were in the Philippines. And when it said, when I saw the name, I said, yo, I've been there. So it's, it's, it was so many memories. Yeah, but of course, uh, like what you said, uh, there will be no pressure this time, you know. Yes, <laughs> yes. But because when know, I think when I think of Philippines, if I go, it's like, man, come on, John, you don't have to play. You know, you, you can watch a game. You know, watch a game, but not have to. Okay, halftime, John. Yo, you got to score ten points first ten minutes. You know, you gotta you gotta score. But it's but I love that though. That that's who made me who I am. And to and to be honest. Having that in my mind now when I work, I got to work harder than everybody on my team now because it was instilled in me to always go hard. So the Philippines had a big effect on me. Now, uh, you said you were talking about Coach Norman. Well, until now, he's coaching in the PBA. Uh, what oh, he got big money. He, he's a big – he got big money. <laughs> <laughs> now, what if – what if he – Coach Norman approaches you or any team. Hey, you want to be an assistant coach or consultant? Would you be open for that? Oh, most definitely. Yes. 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 <laughs> most definitely. Yes. Uh, Norman, I know Norman would be like, well, John, look, we got to win. We got to win. If we don't win tonight, John, you got to go home. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's pressure. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's pressure. But no, nah, you know, I, I, like I said, I missed the Philippines, man. It, it was the best country in the world. Green Hill was it Green Hills Mall. Yes, I, I was there every I would say every single day except the night before games. I was in Green Hills Mall. Shout out to my man Kerwin Chua who, who put me up on my video games and all of that stuff because I used to always go there and learn about different things. So that's why I respect the Philippines because they all taught me so much. So I would love to come back, but I, I just don't want that pressure of playing and scoring 30 points. See, now you got me thinking. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about that. Yeah. Well, they, were you able to check your, you know, I mean, r right now with the technology and stuff, there are some games that are being shown in the YouTube. YouTube, And were you able to catch some of your games there? I have not caught it. I think Chris sent me some clips of the championship yeah. And I tried to search some, but I, I think I'm putting in the wrong titles. But yeah, I would love to see some some old foot. I would love to see some pictures, man. Like I want to show my children because now I got I got five children, so I want to I want to show them the import the importance of the Philippines that impacted my life. Yeah. And because I spent so much time there, I want my children to see the legacy and the people that made me who I am. Well, the pictures that I've shown you were, came from Facebook. I'll, maybe I'll just tag you there. To you. Okay, okay. Now, yeah. um, I have some questions right now. So go ahead, go ahead. Before we end this uh, interview, uh, you just think, I mean, you just answer the first thing that comes from your mind, uh, in your mind. First thing. Okay. Favorite PBA player? Benji Paras. Favorite NBA player? Michael Jordan. Favorite team in the NBA growing up? The Celtics. Who do you think will win the NBA this season? The Clippers. 
PBA player that you had a hard time defending? What's the big guy from Pure Foods? Jericho Dinera? Yep. Jericho <laughs> Dinera, yes. Yes. Uh, worst injury that you had? I had some broken ribs in Germany. They hit me real hard. They, they <laughs> fouled me real hard. I'll never forget that. Yes. Now, if you were given the chance to choose, would you rather be a good defender or a good scorer? I would be, I would, I think defender because you would be responsible for stopping that top scorer. So I would be like a rod, I would want to be like a rodman. He's not a big scorer, but look what he did in his career and for the Chicago Bulls. They would not have won a championship without a Dennis Rodman. Now I know that's not crazy because I was an offensive you know player in the Philippines. <laughs> Now, if we were to check your gym bag before when you were playing, what mm -hmm. things are we going to see that will surprise or shock us? You're gonna see a you're gonna see a Sony Walkman. I think that's what they were called back then with the yes. CD players and all mm -hmm. that. Um, you would see like some gummy bear candies. You you would see some candies, some some peanut butter cups, and you would see a lot of snacks. You know, you see a lot of snacks. Is that, allowed? <laughs> huh? is, that, is that allowed, you know, for a player to eat? Something? Yeah, yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. I snuck it in my bag, you know, <laughs> and I made sure nobody saw it. So when I would leave practice, I could, you know, eat some snacks. Okay. So, I mean, that wraps up our episode for Extra Session this week. You know, this is a great walk in the memory for yes. us and, of course, man, for I, you. Man. And also the fans, man. I, I got to send a special shout out to the Filipino fans mm -hmm. because even though you had your, you know, Hanebras, you had your San Miguel's and Santa Lucia, you had fans, they always showed me respect off the court. And one time I was deep down in, um, I think it was Manila City. I went to go buy some fabric one time and they told me, John, you don't need to go down. It, it was down by the water. There's some downtown Manila. It was somewhere in Manila, mm -hmm. but it was a place where they said, John, don't go. And I went anyway. <laughs> and it was the best experiences because I saw people that had on San Miguel shirts and be like, John Best, John Best, hey. <laughs> and it was, it was a respect thing. And that's what I loved about the Filipino fans. Now, when it was game time, yeah, they wanted to see me foul out and sit down. <laughs> but off the court, it was a respect thing. And that's, that's so shout out to all of the fans. Shout out to the Filipino people because it's it just so much, man. I can go on and on. But you all have really touched my life, touched my family life. And we always remember that time in the Philippines. Okay. So, of course, I would like to thank our, our guest, Mr. John Best, you know, uh, thank you for, you know, spending time with us. I know you're very busy and it was a great honor for us, you know, to have you in our podcast. Hope we can have you sometime again in the near future. Anytime. The answer is yes, man. Just hit me up. Hey, how, how was y'all dealing with the uh, coronavirus over there? Well, we're currently under, um, how do you call that, general community quarantine. Before it, it was in ECQ uh, and then it was downgraded to 
to the GCQ already, General Community Quarantine. However, of course, uh, it is required right now for us to, to, to wear a mask and, of course, uh, when we go out. And then uh, it is advised that, um, you know, you should not go out and unless it is very, you know, it is, uh, I recall that, it is uh, needed to go out. However, they already allowed, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the professional teams in the PBA mm -hmm. to resume practices. So, so they can practice now? Yeah, they can uh, resume practice. But for recreational basketball, it's still a no-no. But uh, mm -hmm. they only allowed the professional teams, the volleyball and the basketball, to resume those games. So you have to wear a mask out in public? But you have to wear a mask. Once you, you have to out. wear a mask. Yes. So okay. hopefully this, you know, this COVID thing, this coronavirus, you know, will be done anytime soon so that, you know, we can enjoy life again. Right. Okay. So, well, John. Listen, uh, last thing. Yes. Uh, what, what's your president's name right now? It's uh, Rodrigo Duterte. Yeah, man. I saw some, some clips of him <laughs> and I was like, in his demeanor, reminded me of some of the players back in the PBA. Like, he had a serious look on his face. Mm -hmm. And I could tell he, you know, I don't know the background of him, but he seems like he's true Filipino. And that's what I remember from a lot of those basketball players, that passion and that hunger. And he seems like, I don't, I don't know how he's doing in the polls or how he's leading the country right now. But what I saw in him is what I saw in a lot of those Filipino players. They are not no pushovers, and I always will respect the Filipino Basketball Association. Thank you so much, John. You know, this has been a great interview for me. I hope... Uh, oh, yes, this is beautiful, man. Yeah. Hopefully, you, know, you it, might get me to come. I might can come over there now that you don't put it out there, and maybe somebody say, John, hey, you want to come back and do a tour? I'm like, hey, yes, Yeah, yes. pretty sure. You know, once this, you know, this clip goes out, you know, Maybe yeah. they, some of them will reach out to you and, you know. But they know what it is, man. I, I, love, I love the Philippines when I was there. If everybody checked all my interviews, I always <laughs> talked about how I loved it. And I'm still now, I'm, I'm almost 50, and I'm still talking about my <laughs> love for the Philippines. So that lets you know how much that your country and your people and the PBA means to me. And I can't, I can't stress it enough, man. I love the Filipino people and uh, the country and the PBA. Thank you so much, John. You know, this is uh, an honor for us because I know um, there, I, I only see few clips of you being interviewed. So uh, for me, I mean, allowing me to interview would be, this is a great honor for you already. Well, look, it's an honor for me that somebody even remembered me because <laughs> now people, they like, John, who, you play ball? You was any good? I was like, I was all right, you know, but I love to talk to the young players because that's where I, that's where our future is at. And the future mm -hmm. of the PBA lies in those young ballers in the uh, PBA. Do they have uh, girl basketball players? Is that, has that picked up over there yes. professionally? Oh, well, professional league, not yet. But they, they, I mean, we do have a league for girls. In college and after college uh, or in yes. college? In college, also after okay. college, also they have some small leagues, and for and uh, fortunately, our 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 female basketball team have already won a gold medal in the Southeast Asian Games. Good, so, good. Once okay. at a time, you know. 
So, John, okay, cool. thank you so much again. And uh, like what I said, uh, maybe sometime in the near future, we would be able to have you again. So, ladies yes. and gentlemen, Mr. John Best, this has been Kiko Maligdem on behalf of the Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate Philippines. Games are always exciting if there is extra session. A Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate production. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or via RSS. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. And if you want to know more, check out www.guerillapodcast.com.au or guerillapodcast.com.ph A Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate Production We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com. Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangroofern.com www.kangaroofern.com